good. Stand up again. Get your exercise. Let's hook faith together. Father God, we pray over this service tonight, Lord, that you continue to have your way. Lord, continue to lead us and direct us in everything that we're to do. Lord, as we open up your word, we pray that your word come forth, not the word of man, not our ideas, not what we think, but what you know. We want to see the truth and the truth that makes free. Lord, help us to see and to hear and to retain your goodness as we see it in the word tonight. And we receive it by faith and we purpose in our hearts to be doers of every good thing that you show us tonight. And we thank you for it and give you glory for every good thing that it will accomplish in us and through us to your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Open up your Bibles to James 1. You know, Brother Moore's been talking about prayer. And, you know, I, I, uh, I study a lot on on and off to do different things and so I get sermons started and then when I know Brother Moore's going to be gone or Mrs. Moore's going to be out for a while I make sure I'm ready for anything like that and about that time they say go ahead and you do the service and then you think oh good I got all these sermons and God says no do this (laughs) like yeah that's what we're doing that's what we're doing and that's and that's a good thing and because you know he's been teaching on prayer and I was given the honor of uh, teaching prayer uh, in the church and leading prayer on Wednesday nights uh, for several years. Um, it's one of the first things I ever got to do here. And uh, God showed me so much. Uh, you know, you realize how little you knew and how merciful God was and how merciful He's con- continuing to be. You know, when you, when you begin to study and God shows you something new and you, and you look at it and you have the realization that how far away you were from that, at one time, not that long ago. <laughs> and you think, God, thank you for being merciful and still getting me to where I am today, even though I didn't understand everything or I didn't know as much as I... And then, then what you really realize after that is I was reading, I was in First John a whole bunch, and John keeps calling them little children. Little children. And, and First John ain't the book for little children in, in my eyes. But he keeps calling them little children. And I'm like, man, if I'm still a little children and I'm trying to understand this. And then the very last sentence he says, oh, little children, by the way. <laughs> little children. And I'm sitting there thinking, man, I've been studying the first John this whole time. And at the end of the day, I'm still a little children. <laughs> there's so much in the book of first John. There's so much in the Bible that, you know what, as far as you can get, there's still so much more to grab hold of. And you know, I remember when I started teaching on prayer, Brother Moore said, I want you to teach on prayer for just a little bit and then pray. And so when I started looking at it, I thought, well, you know, what? A couple of months, I'm going to be out of material here. <laughs> How many know you don't run out of material in the Bible? You could, you could take the same verse, read it over and over again, and get 65 things out of it every time you read it if you would just try. Because the Word of God, that's what's different about it. It's living and active. It's ever-growing. It's infinite. It's like Him. His Word goes on and on and on, and it never changes. It just keeps moving, and and it fixes things, and it helps you, and it grows you, and it changes you from glory to glory and from faith to faith, and it's such an awesome thing. And so you'll never run out of things to see in the Word of God because it just gets brighter. 
It'll get so bright you don't think you can see anymore. And then he'll turn it up a notch and it'll get brighter. And you say, oh, wow, look at that. He's so good. He's so kind to us. And it's because he loves us so much. Everything that he says in his word, everything, you know, a lot of times we get to, the, to, to doing mechanics of, of the word of God. And it's not a mechanical book. It's not stereo instructions. It's not. It, it, it's not. You know, it's, it's not how to play the game, right? You don't read the Bible and say, okay, now how do, I, how do I do this Christian thing? And, you know, jump six, and if you miss the first step, you have to go back three, and if, you, if somebody's in your way, you knock them off the board. Sorry. You know, no. It's not that. It's not mechanical. It's all about the heart. And what you find, the further you go with God, everything you do, for the Lord, with the Lord, that He does through you, He works through your heart. If He doesn't work through your heart, He's not working through you. Right? If it's not coming through your heart, He's not working through you. Because He's a heart God. And everything about Him works through the heart. Glory to God. And this is true in prayer. And you know, Brother Moore said something... You guys might want to come to prayer sometime because you missed Brother Moore just a couple weeks ago. He taught prayer and nobody even knew. It was good, too. You know, one thing he said was, it's not, don't just tell somebody you'll pray for them. Or don't, or don't no, better yet, he said, don't at, just ask people to pray for you. You don't know. A, it, that's a responsibility. Yes. Right? Yes. If people are, if, if are going to pray for you, first of all, you want to know they love you. Right? But you just gave them... They now have to use their faith. Because if they're not going to use their faith, then they might might as well not pray for you. Right? Because it's the prayer of faith that heals the sick. It's the prayer of faith that moves the mountain. It's the prayer of faith that makes a difference. And, 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 And that would be true also in telling people you'll pray. You know, people so often, somebody says, pray for me. Okay, I'll do it. Do you know that you can? What are you praying about? What are they believing for? Can you believe with them? What's their scripture? You know, we have people call in on the phones all the time and say, say, we just want you to agree with us. What are, what are we agreeing on? Well, I want you to agree that this person will move away from me. <laughs> There's no scripture. <laughs> There's no scripture for that. You, you can't pray that. We're, we're not into witchcraft, right? We're not wiggling our nose or, or ears or whatever they do, and things are disappearing or going away. Right? We don't do witchcraft. We do Holy Spirit. Amen? And we do answers from God. And if you're going to get answers from God, you've you got to be willing, if you're going to be the prayer, you've got to be willing to seek God and say, what, what do I need to pray? What do I need to do to help them? Because you're not, you can't be their faith. You can only help their faith. Amen? You, if somebody says, pray for me, you can't be their faith. You can help their faith. Right? Jesus didn't say, according to my faith, you be healed. No, he said, according to your faith. Right? That be it done unto you. And, and according to their faith is how they're going to receive. So what can I do to bring their faith up? You know, what can I do? And so when you're praying for somebody, you, you want to do more. But when you're praying in general, when you're asking God, which is a big deal, when we're asking God, we've got to expect to receive something, right? You don't, you're not just asking. And, and I think somewhere between asking and receiving, um, 
I've missed some things, and I'm sure we all have. So let's look at some different things and, and let God show us how good He can be. Amen? James 1, starting in verse 2, says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall in to diverse temptations. You notice he didn't say, when I push you into diverse temptations. You know, we have people all the time saying, well, God put me over there so I could learn something. No, he said you're in the world. Diverse temptations are going to happen. Guess what? While he was here, he had diverse temptations every day. And yet he overcome it. He overcame every one of them. Amen? And so if somebody thinks by believing you're going to go around the diverse temptations, you're wrong. Because God's not afraid of diverse temptations. They don't scare him. That he doesn't care about them. Because he's already overcome them. And he's already put into us what it takes to overcome them. Amen? And it glorifies him when his children overcome. You know, so many people are wanting God to overcome for them. What brings him glory is them overcoming taking what he's put in them and overcoming the works of the enemy. You know, we're praying, saying, God, take this away, take this away, take this away. Paul tried that. <laughs> right? Everybody, the thorn in the flesh. Everybody said, oh, he was sick, he was sick. I don't, you know what? I don't care if he was sick or what. God told him, my grace is sufficient. What was he literally saying? He's saying, everything I've put in you is more than enough to overcome what's coming against you. My grace is sufficient. He wasn't, say, put up with it. Of it. Religion has told that story wrong. Amen? And, and religion's wrong. Religion is built on, on experience or lack of experience, whichever you want to call it. Where were we? Oh, we're still on the first verse. Don't worry. I only got five pages of notes. When you study, you just keep studying. You get all these notes. You're like, well, I can only get through two pages, and I got five. So, glory to God. He'll help us get just what we need. Amen. Said, so my brother, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith works patience. Glory to God. Not, not, not a waiting game works patience, a joyful expectation. Right? Joyful. Wait, waiting to knowing you're getting something. Patience isn't hoping you're getting something. Patience is knowing something's coming. Like when I go to a Taco Bell window and I've ordered, then I go up there and I patiently wait because I know somebody's going to hand me something out there, right? God is more faithful than Taco Bell. I'm just going to tell you that now. And when you put your faith in Him or His Word, What you are patiently expecting is getting ready to come to pass. Amen? And the trying of your faith, as your faith's being tried, you've got to work your patience. And that's getting you stronger, knowing that no matter what's coming up next, you already overcame it. That's what David did. I beat the lion. I beat the bear. The giant's nothing. What's he saying? I already overcame this. Because God helped me, and God helped me with this. I know He's going to help me here. And, and when that, that's where your faith is, that's where He's bringing your faith to. He's bringing your faith to another level. And He says, but let patience have a perfect work. In other words, uh, don't go with your plan. Right? 
Some people pray and then, then they say, I believe God's telling me to do this. And it usually, for me, it was always the easiest thing I could think of next. <laughs> like if I had a bill due, I believe God's telling me to use my credit card. When God probably was telling me that I should give to a different ministry so I could open the doors for him to bring in something to me. See, people don't want the wisdom of God. Because he'll tell you to give when you're broke. He'll tell you to go help people when, you should, when you're the one that needs help. You'll say, help people? Look at me, Lord. I'm a mess. And he'll say, I know, and I'm going to get you out of it. Go help somebody. Right? God, he has a different way of doing things. He's got what's called the right way. That's what makes it so different. Because all my ways were a mess, and they made it a worse mess. But God had some good ways. Glory to God. And, and he said, let patience have a perfect work. Don't go your way. Don't think about what you would do. Listen to what I would do and do that. Do that. Just like what we were talking about there. When I said, I want to seek you first, God. And he said, and I'm sitting there thinking, okay, what's he going to tell me to do in my business? He says, I want you to go work with inner city kids. Three years old to 12. And I'm like, I don't have any kids at this time, and I definitely don't like them. <laughs> Especially not somebody else's. And it wasn't that I didn't like kids. I didn't know anything about them. What was I going to do for them? And he said, you're going to tell them about Jesus. You're going to tell them how good God is because they don't get to see anything good when they go home. They get to see a bunch of junk and people fighting and is mom even going to be home or police tape on the door when you get home. Yeah. And, of course, things like that's why we ended up with a house full of kids because I just kept bringing them home. But, <laughs> but that was okay because what God do? He said, I want you to do it, and I'm going to put in you what it takes to do it. And as I trusted him and asked him to lead me and not ask him to bless what I wanted to do, right? So many people ask what they want. Lord, Lord, help me to do it my way. How many know he can't answer that prayer unless your way becomes his way? Amen? Which most of the time it doesn't. Amen? Glory to God. <laughs> Let patience have a perfect work. In other words, listen to God. Follow his direction. Do step by step what he says and, and do it with your heart and you'll come out at the end wanting nothing. In other words, everything that was supposed to happen to get you to the next place will have happened and you'll be at the perfect place at the perfect time doing the perfect thing and blessed. Amen? It's a good thing. And then he says here, I'm going to help you some more. If any, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. If any of you lack wisdom... Let him ask. It doesn't say ask for what you want. It says if you lack wisdom. In other words, if you're going through diverse temptations and you don't know what to do, he's saying, I'm going to help you out. If you lack wisdom, ask me for it. And then he said, ask, me, ask of God who gives to all men liberally and abrades not, and it shall be given to him. Sounds good, huh? All you got to do is ask and you'll, and it'll be given to you. Do you see an unless at the end of there? I don't either. And see, if you read the next verse, 
with a with a with a human head, you'll think there was an unless there, because it says, "But let him ask in faith, nothing nothing wavering, for he that wavers is like the wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed." In other words, he that wavers is is all over the place, and they can't hear from God. Amen. And verse seven says, "Let not that man think he shall receive." anything of the Lord. It doesn't say, let, that man, let not that man think that the Lord would give him anything. The Lord already said, if you ask me for wisdom, I'll give it to you liberally without any hesitation. He can't take back that word because you don't have any faith. Because your faith was your hands. Amen? If you played football and you were a receiver... Let not that man think he shall receive anything. If you were the receiver, you got to catch the ball that was thrown. Now, you could do a lot of things. You like football analogies? Because you're getting ready to get some. Because I like football. Amen? But you could do a lot of things. You could be the receiver that knows, knows, knows more than the quarterback. And you could run your own routes. And every time you turn to the left, the quarterback could throw it to the right. And guess what? You wouldn't receive anything. Why? Because you didn't follow the direction of the quarterback. Amen? There's a way to do things in such a way that you can receive. It'll put you in the right place at the right time. Have you guys ever watched a football game where they show slow motion from behind the quarterback and you watch them throw the football before the receiver's ever at his place? Why? Because he's throwing to the spot where reception's going to happen. Amen? And, and if, you're, if you're in that spot, guess what you're going to do? You're going to receive. But if you're not in that spot, say, say you're, the, you're the one that you know better. You know more. You know more. Or you let the devil talk you out. Oh, I know I'm supposed to run straight and turn left, but man, turning right sure seems better. I've been looking right, and right looks good. And so you, you go with your own mind, and guess what you get? Nothing. The ball's on the ground over here, no reception. Right? And, and, and so many times, it's, it's not just that we ran the pattern. We didn't ask. You've got to go back to the very first. Uh, we didn't ask expecting to hear from God. We asked expecting God to answer our prayer. Amen? You know, a lot of people have looked up that verse ask and they've, they've, they've figured out that there, it has somewhat to do with demand. And they begin demanding of God. I'm sorry, you can put a demand on the Word of God? That's like plugging yourself into a light socket. You're putting a demand on the electricity that's in there and it will do what it does. It gives electricity. But you don't demand of God. Right? He's God. You know, there's not going to be a day where I wake up and tell him what he's supposed to do. Like, Lord, it says in your word you'll do this. He already knows that. He's glad you do. But unless your heart changes, that word ain't going to work. Think about this. you got three people, and they go into the bank. And, and you got, you got a beggar, you got a demander, and you got somebody that knows, that knows what they're doing. Right? So the beggar goes in and begins begging God. Begging the, begging the people at the bank. I just, 
I've got a hundred dollars in here. I just want my hundred dollars. Can you give me my hundred dollars? I need a hundred dollars. I need, 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 need. Can't you see that I need a hundred dollars? You have my hundred dollars. I need it. I need, please, please, please. And that, and, and you see people do that with God. God, I know you can do it. I know you have the ability. Please, please look at how big my problem is. Please, please. And he's saying, Ask in faith. Amen? And then you got the other, you got the demander. And they come in and say, I got $100 in this bank. I want it right now. I, I want my $100. You don't need to know who I am. I want my $100. I put it in this bank. I guess I'd know if I've got it in here. I want my $100. Last time I came here, I got $100. I want $100 right now. And they complain. You know, people that demand their way and they yell and scream to get things, they should be the last person to get something. You know, that, that, that old adage, the squeaky wheel gets the grease. Well, if you need grease that bad, you need to get out. Quit being a wheel. Quit being a wheel. You know what? Nobody should have to deal with crabby people. But guess what? As Christians, we're going to get to. And you know what? God gave us the ability to do it. Put love in us. A love that can deal with crabby people. But first thing that love did was made you not a crabby person anymore. Did you know everybody in here had the ability to be a crabby person? Thank God we don't have any of those. No crabby people? If you're crabby in here, raise your hand. We're going to cast the crabby out of you. Nobody should have to deal with that, and it should never be the way you go about getting something from a bank, and it definitely should not be a way you go about getting something for, from God. You, yelling at God and telling Him, you should, you've done this, and I've listened to tapes all day long for 100 days, and I've been to church 65 times in the last 63 days, and I've done this, and I've done... And you're telling God all the things you're... And He said, you don't get anything by works. It's by grace. I don't give to you by works. And all along, the teller is sitting behind there saying, well, if you just fill this out, we could give this to you. If you just fill this out, we could give you. And there's, I don't want to fill that out. I want my $100. It says right there I can have it. I put it in here. I've even got my account number. It's right there. you still got to fill out the paper. What's she saying? There's a way to go about this, and it's real easy. There's, there's a way to go about this. And the last person walks in, and they've got their... They got their thing filled out to, to make their transaction. They hand it to her, and they handed back the money. She says, thank you. How much easier could that be? Yeah. Right? Yes. She didn't have to beg. Yep. She didn't have to demand and get mad and throw a fit and stomp her feet and hope she could get her way by doing that, which is why people do it, because they want to get their way by doing it. Because a lot of times, honestly, you just get tired of them and say, here, whew, $100. It's worth that just to get rid of you. And guess what? You didn't help them, and you didn't help you. You're now $100 short, and they're, they're still crabby. And, and they're going to stomp and throw a fit next time they want something too. Right? Because they don't know a better way. But what God's saying is, if you, if you lack wisdom, ask me. Ask me. You don't have to. It, it's a request. You, you can make a demand on my goodness. You can't demand my goodness, but you can make a demand on my goodness because I'm a good God. 
and I got a good plan. And when you ask God for the wisdom to handle the situation you're in, he begins to give you step by step, okay, let's do this. And it may not make a bit of sense, but as you begin to follow his path, you begin to see him work. Why? Because now he can. You're, you're putting yourself in that position to receive, and you're following everything he says to do, and you're not looking behind you, you're not looking over here, you're just listening to the Lord. And he says, I want you to do this, I want you to be sure to be at church this, this week. I want you to be, be sure and uh, send $100 over here. And this person I saw, they were crying last week, you saw them, go minister to them. Do you know God does that? It's really important not to pass by a brother that God's put in your vision. Right? Because he put him in your vision for a purpose. May, he may not say go, go to him, but he may say pray for him. Right? See, God will tell you, godly wisdom will tell you to pray, to pray for somebody that's being mean to you. What? Pray for your enemies? Right? Be kind to your enemies. Love your enemies. Right? Pray for those who are despitefully using you. That's godly wisdom. Right? That's why people don't want to go with him. <laughs> Why? It's much easier just to stay away from them, right? Like if I got problems in this state, I can just move to another state, right? Guess what? You were the problem in this state, you're going to be the problem in the next state, right? You don't get rid of problems that way. <laughs> Glory to God. He says, ask of me, and then I'll give you answers, is what he's saying. I'll give you a direction. I'll put you in the place, but I want you to ask. You've got to be asking with the expectation of following my lead, following my direction, getting my wisdom. And, and at, the right, at just the right time, he'll say, okay, turn to your left. And you turn to your left, and there's the ball. Why? Because you're now in the place to receive. And your faith hands are right out there, and it's ready to grab that thing. And, and see, because receive means to accept. It means to accept. And it's, somebody, you know, it's like uh, where it says, um, well, I'll give you an idea, um, where Jesus was talking about John the Baptist, uh, Matthew 11. He was talking 11, 13 through 15. He was talking about John the Baptist, and he said, he said the prophets and the law prophesied until John. Verse four, and, and if you will receive it. In other words, he wasn't saying everybody would receive it, but he's saying this is truth. Whether you receive it or not, it's truth. But if you'll receive it, it's truth to you. And see, that's the thing. If you'll receive it, God has so much for us. But our part is the asking and the receiving. Everything in between there, we have to follow God. And we have to trust Him 100% that after we've prayed, remember what it says, that after you've done the will of God, you'll receive the promise. So after you've prayed and you've asked, and then you're expecting, and you're waiting with patience. And with patience, he says, do this. And you say, okay. And he says, he says I, want you to, I want you to go over there and love on these people tonight. And I, and I want you to make sure and, and call this person and check on them tomorrow. And all along, what he's doing is he's having you love people. Why? Because love never fails. Love opens up a door to success in your life as you're opening up a door to success in other lives by love. Amen? God never tells you hardly ever to do something for yourself to get you out of your problem. Right? He tells you to do something with yourself, but not to yourself. He hardly ever says, go to the bank and get a loan. Right? Buy three more, get three more credit cards and use them up. 
right? Be mean to three people, stomp your feet, and try to get them to give you some money. Look, look really sad the next time you're around somebody that you know has some money. If you'll just look sad enough. Now, this is God speaking. You've got to look really sad or they're not going to give to you. Now, he'll never do that. He'll tell you to do exactly what your flesh wouldn't want to do. And he'll put you in the very position you need to be. But when you pray, you've got to trust him. You've got to ask. And when you ask, you have to ask with the expectation of getting a godly answer. Not with the expectation of getting the answer you thought. Because once, you, once you've preconceived your way out, then you might as well go your way. Right? Yep. <laughs> you know, because, well, I think it's going to happen this way. I think God's, I believe God would lead me this way. Well, then why'd you ask him? Because you already knew what he's going to do, right? So that kind of takes away all the asking, because we know, right? And people say, well, he knows what you need before you ask it. Well, but he still said ask, didn't he? <laughs> Oddly enough. Why? Because it's not what you need that He's going to give you. He's going to get you to where you can receive what you need. What you need was there. He had the, he had the, the, the provision for what you needed all along. But you had to take the trip to where the provision was going to be to get there. Because that takes faith. Abraham walked up the mountain with the kid and the wood and, and the knife and he was, and he's walked up the mountain. He did everything he, t- he did. And at the end of the, of the whole thing, provision was right there. And he received that provision gladly, didn't he? Amen. Glory to God. And, 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 and that's the kind of heart you want to have. When, when God says, do this, do you think there's any chance that that would make sense in Abraham's human mind? In his heart, it made perfect sense. Because, you know, in Hebrews it tells us. He already received him back from the dead because he knew he couldn't die. Yeah, right. right? He's like, well, the, God's already told me who he is. Yeah. So he's got, he's got to continue to live. So no matter what happens here, God's bringing him back. But in his head, he's thinking, what? <laughs> God, that makes no sense whatsoever. That's not the time to question God. After you've prayed is not the time to question God. Right? Because once you question God, patience is not going to have a perfect work. I remember years ago, I planted a garden. Because, you know, I like the vegetables and stuff. (laughs) And, uh, you know, I planted some green beans and some jalapenos and tomatoes. And I planted watermelon and cucumbers. Right? Cucumbers and watermelon. And, uh, man, I got a watermelon. And it started growing. I thought, that's so cool, you know. I'm like, what, 9, 20 years old. We just moved into like our first house. Oh, watermelon. And it starts growing. It's a little bitty, and it starts growing. And it gets to about here, and I can't take it anymore. <laughs> i got to eat that watermelon. Patience can't have a perfect work. So I picked the watermelon. And guess what? It was nasty because it's still green inside, and it's not good. Why? Because patience didn't have a perfect work. And I ended up wanting. So I went to the store and bought one. And I've never planted watermelons again. <laughs> There's a way to do things, right? Right? If you plant a seed, you've got to wait for it to grow to the place it's going to be. And a lot of times God's saying, you got seed in the ground. Man, what good news when you say, God just told me I got seed in the ground. Nothing, nope, no problems. 
But what he's saying is this still got to grow. It's got to grow. You're going to get a harvest. You're going to receive everything that you and more than you ever planted. But let patience have a perfect work so you don't get one tomato off your stock. You can get abundance of tomatoes. Man, I planted like six tomato plants. We had enough tomatoes. My grandma lived next door, and she planted some too. Actually, her husband did. And, man, we had tomatoes, and she was canning. She taught Kim how to can. And we had tomatoes. If, you, if you're patient, you'll get a lot of stuff. But if you pull everything off, you know, like what if I went out there and said, oh, those are pretty yellow flowers, and pulled them off? That's the tomato. <laughs> Guess what? No tomatoes. There's a way to do things. And, and it's not mechanical. It's listen to your heart. It's listen to your heart. Listen to the Holy Spirit lead you and guide you and trust what God says to do after you pray. Because from ask to receive is not always the second you pray. But you've got to believe you receive the second you pray. And if you believe you receive, you'll walk out the rest of it. Right? Look at Mark 11. Thank you, Lord. He's helping us. He's helping me. Thank you guys for letting me learn this. Thank you, Lord. Mark 11. Somewhere in here. I'm going to mess my notes up. Mark 11. 24. Mark 11, 24. It says, Therefore I say unto you, What things soever you desire, when you pray... Believe that you accept them. Right? That's what, the, that's what the word is. Receive means to accept. To accept. Believe you accept them. Because, you know, a lot of people aren't believing that they accept them. They're believing that they have them, that they got them, that they took them, but they're not believing that they accepted them. Because God's saying, I've given it, do you accept it? I've given it, can you accept it? And once you can accept it by faith, then you grab hold of it, and it's already yours whether you see it or not. Why? Because you've already received it. And that's what he's saying. He said, I want you to ask and receive. And then in between the time that, of, of your receiving in the manifestation, I want you to do everything I tell you to do, because that's going to get you to where you receive. That's right. Amen? Mm-hmm. It's, it's not about, you know, everybody wants the short trip. But you know what? Receiving so many times, it took a lot of years for those carpet stores to come out of debt. Amen? Why? Because I didn't, it didn't get in that mess overnight. <laughs> I had seed in the ground, but it took a while to get it out. What? We had to take the right steps. You know what? There were some very strategic things that God did in that time that brought money in from unlikely sources that we would have never guessed was even available, and it wasn't money that we had to pay back. Amen? And and that's the thing. If I wasn't following, I'd say, oh, that's crazy. We're not doing that. That's a nutty idea. We've been to everybody else. Why are we going to get money here? But no, we said, okay, let's try it. Let's do it. You know, we're following God. This is in our path. Let's, let's do it. Yeah. And, and you trust that God's going to help you. And, 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 and you. and you don't get afraid that you're missing God. you got people all the time that say, Oh, I prayed, but I just can't hear from God. Yes, you can. You already have. Yeah. yeah, you can. You already have. You probably just didn't like the answer or you didn't believe it was God. <laughs> right? Yeah. 
you know the next step to take. The Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit in you, the minute you ask God, He begins to direct you and tell you the next things to do. And, and sometimes you even think it's you. But when you see it's wise, no, it's not. Know that it's not you. Because it was wise. And, and it made a difference and it helped. And you can automatically say, oh, well, thank you, Lord. Because I know I saw what the first seven years were like. <laughs> and it wasn't pretty. Amen? Glory to God. And he says, believe that you've received them and you shall have them. He doesn't say you'll have them right then. He said you shall have them. You must have them. It, it will. It's a must happen thing. If you believe you receive them. doesn't say believe that he gave them to you. It says believe you receive them. He's already told you that if you ask, he gives. That's what he does. Your job is now to believe to receive what he already gave. What do you do when you get saved? You believe to receive Jesus as Lord of your Savior that He gave way before you were ever born. Amen? He gave that expecting you to receive it. And you, by faith, received Jesus Christ as Lord, which was something that was done before the foundation of the earth for you, for me. Thank you, Lord. That's how it works. And, and you didn't say, now I wonder when I'm going to receive Jesus. I'm waiting on Him. You, you received Him. Yeah. And you may not see Him. I got saved when I was seven years old the first time. <laughs> I went to a church where you could do it several times. So, you know, after I messed up when I was 13, I got saved again. And then after I messed up later, I got saved again. You know. But, you know, the truth of the matter is, is if you got saved when you were seven... You ain't going to see Jesus for a lot of years. But you still loved Him. You still received Him. You still followed Him. Right? right. You had to have faith all those years that that was true. Or, or else you would quit. You know what? Even in the worst of the worst of when I was doing the stupidest of the stupidest things, if somebody would have asked me if God were real and if Jesus were Lord, I'd have said yes. Why? Because I believed it and never let go of it. Amen? Yeah. I'm not saying I was in the position to witness to somebody. but <laughs> Thank God. He has mercy. He's merciful. Glory to God. Believe that you receive them and you shall have them. And then he goes a step further. One of the things I noticed in studying about prayer is he always makes you look at somebody else. The minute you pray to believe you receive, he immediately takes you to another place. He says, in the very next verse, he says, and when you stand praying, when you stand praying, in other words, before you ask me, you're standing praying, before you ask me, forgive. What's he saying? Prayer works by love. I need you to operate in it. Faith works by love. Everything God has works by love. The reason it works is because it's by love, and love never fails. That's, and and if, he, if, if, he, you're going to get a non, if you're going to get an unfailing result, you're going to need an unfailing answer. Amen? And so what he says immediately, he says, when you stand praying, forgive if you have ought against any, that your Father in heaven will forgive you. And then he goes a step further in the next verse and says, and if you can't forgive, then I can't forgive you. Why? Because he's saying, because you didn't accept my love, so I can't. That's how you get saved. You accept his love. 
what? Jesus was his love given for us. And he's saying that you didn't accept it. You didn't receive it. Amen? So if people say, I can't forgive, I didn't say your mind won't know that it happened, but you can forgive. In fact is, you must forgive. And He's given you the ability to do it. He's put His love in you. He's saying, I'm not asking you to forgive with your love. You don't have the ability to give, to forgive in yourself. You can't do it. But with my love, you can because I proved it. I forgave everybody at one time. I forgave people that had done things and then people that hadn't done things yet that were going to do things. I forgave them. I gave Jesus when you were yet my enemy. You know how to never get hurt? Walk in forgiveness. In other words, before somebody ever did anything to you to need forgiveness, already have forgiven them. So that's why God never gets hurt. He already forgave you. You can't do anything to hurt Him because He forgave you before you hurt Him. Right? Why? He forgave you before the foundation of the earth. That's how far He went back. You're as forgiven as you can ever get. You say, yeah, but I just sinned. But He forgave you before the sin. All you got to do is receive the forgiveness and you already are forgiven. Amen? God's so good to us. And when we ask Him for, to forgive us, He says, sure I will. Why? Because He already has. Amen? I like this a lot, actually. This isn't exactly what I thought, so I'm really good. Thank you, Lord. 1 John 5. We're talking about prayer. You know, the thing is, is people have rolled the dice with prayer too long. They've they've said, well, in fact, is this verse a good place to go with it? It says, uh, 1 John 5, 14. Some of the same verses. Um, It's real easy to tag off Brother Moore and Mrs. Moore because... That's who I'm under, so the example's great, all right? There's already a good anointing there, so why not follow it, huh? Glory to God. But in 1 John 5:14, it says, And this is the confidence we have in Him. Remember this, you can't have confidence unless you're already in faith. All right? You know, you've got to be in faith to have confidence to ask. So you don't, you don't ask and then try to get confident in faith. You get in faith and then you're confident to ask. Glory to God. It, it, it's, again, these aren't rules to the game. It's, it, this isn't monopoly. This isn't, this isn't a game. This is a lifestyle. What he's doing is he's saying, I want you to live this way. If you'll live this way, then you'll hear my voice, and you'll always do what I say, and you'll always be at the right place at the right time doing the right thing, hearing, hearing my voice. And, and it's not rules. It's not, you know, people get legalistic with the Word of God. And it says, He said, if I ask, He'll give. And I said, well, your attitude right there tells me, first of all, you didn't ask. You demand it. Right? And second of all, you can't receive. It's not possible for you to receive. Why? Because your heart's hard. You can't receive with a hard heart. If you're mad at God, you know, rarely did my daughter come up to me mad and I'm not going to say I never did it because I was pretty easy. But rarely did she come up to me and yell at me to get something. Right? Now, she could sweet talk me. 
I'm not saying that's right either. But I was pretty easy. I'm not saying I gave her everything she ever wanted, but I gave her everything she ever wanted. Pretty much. Probably some stuff she didn't want. But I liked giving it to her. You know, but that's the heart of a father. He's looking for a reason to give you something all the time. God God has already given so many rich and good things. It says in one place in the NIV, it says he's lavished his love upon us. It lavished his love upon us. And, and he's given us so many rich and good things. And what the devil's trying to do is confuse the word, get you mad, get you, get you out of his will. And, you know, and it, out of his will isn't necessarily on the wrong path. You could be on the right path thinking the wrong thing and be out of his will. Right? Like you could start down this way, get mad at God, and get nothing. Right? And, and you can ask for things that, that God says you don't want and you can demand until he'll give them to you. Yep. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Israel got a king. Yeah. That's right. Said it'll be the worst thing ever happened to you, but here you go. Right. Hmm? Yeah, you, you can demand. Well, the prodigal son, what did he do? He didn't say, let me receive. He didn't say, Father, let me receive my inheritance. He said, give me the portion of goods that's mine. You ever notice how selfish we are? Human nature is the most selfish thing, and it doesn't even see how selfish it is. He's, he's thinking, I'll go out and make a success, and Dad will be so proud. That's a lie from the devil. Yeah. Right? Because yes, you don't want your dad to be proud anyway. You want him to be pleased. Mm-hmm. And you don't, want, you don't want to admit you're not ready for that, or he would have already given it to you. Right. Because it was in his will to give it to you. Mm-hmm. Amen? And, and when, when we take things like that and we say, give me this, give me that, Lord, give me something, give me, give me a sign. And he's saying, I gave you Jesus. Do you need something bigger than that? Is there, is there something greater than Jesus that I can give you to get you to believe? No. And, and you know what? I'm not saying God hasn't given people signs. He's merciful and kind. But He's also a, a God of faith, and He wants you to use your faith, the faith that He gave you. Why? Because you're taking after Him. He wants His kids to take after Him. And w- when you love, and, th- and then through that love, you use your faith, and, and, and something great happens. He's so pleased. He is so pleased. Why was he so pleased when Jesus came down and was baptized and he said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased? Why was he so pleased? Because Jesus had just overcome all those temptations. He had just overcome everything that was put in front of him. And he did it just like God would. He did it with the very heart of God and he did it because he loved you and me. He saw the same vision at the same time and he followed the vision and he followed the word and he did what God said to do and he didn't do what God said didn't do. And and he and when he at the end of all that he came out and he came in and he came in and the father said, That's a good boy. That's my son in whom I'm well pleased. In other words, he used his faith and that's how he got here today. Thank you, Lord, the faith that I put in him. Glory to God. 
you know, today, if you got kids, I know, you, I know some of you do, but when you see them do something with faith that God gave them, it blesses you. It blesses you. Because you know they're on the road to make it now. Because nothing you could have given them could have helped them to succeed except things God gave you. And so all your life you spend your time putting God's stuff in them, the stuff he gave you. Let me put that in you. Stuff he gave me, let me put that in you. I'm gonna put, and sometimes it doesn't look like they're ever going to use it. But by faith you say, I know it's in there. I know it's in there. Gosh, I think how many years my mom had to say, I, I know I put it in there. Hmm. It's in there. And just walk away. And thank God she never gave up on it's in there. And in our kids, we don't want to... You can't force them to use what's in there. All you can do is put it in there. That's all God does. He puts it in there. And He says, I've given you everything you need for life and godliness. Everything you will ever need in this earth, I've put in you. Go and succeed. And that's what He tells us. Amen? Glory to God, that's so far off the notes, I'm about to get right back over here. And this is the confidence that we have in Him, the confidence because we have faith that He's a good God, that He's doing good things. If we ask anything according to His will, this is where people miss it all the time, say, according to His will, I prayed nothing happened, it must not have been His will. It's not what the verse said. It says, I pray according to His will. What do you got to do? Find out His will. First question we always like to ask people when they say, agree with me, what's your scripture? That's, that's the first place to find God's will. Yes. Scripture. Yeah. Right? There's another really good place. Get filled with the Holy Ghost because the Holy Ghost always prays the will of God. Mm. Yeah, right. hmm? Romans 8. It says it searches the heart of God. It says the Holy Ghost knows the very heart of God and He prays His perfect will. Get filled with the Holy Ghost. You want to pray in the Spirit. You'll pray the perfect will of God. But you can pray in English standing on a scripture and pray the perfect will of God. Mm-hmm. Amen? Amen. And, and th- in this case, he says, he says, ask according to my will. In other words, don't just ask. Ask a certain way. Ask from a certain position. Ask expecting. That's God's will, that you ask expecting. When you ask God, He's a Father, and He doesn't want to say, oh, God, I know you're not going to give it to me, but if you could spare some healing... I'm not worthy, pretty much scum, but if you could please find your way clear to do anything for me, and he's like, I got nothing to work with there, and then they say, well, I asked God, and he didn't do it for me. I begged him. I begged and pleaded. I cried for two days. I cried loud, too, where he could hear me, <laughs> just so you know, right? <laughs> but that didn't move God. Why? Because God already moved. He's not going to change because you cried. He already moved. He already healed you. He's just waiting for those big faith hands to come out and ask Him for the healing that He already gave you back on the cross 2,000 some years ago and, and, and grab hold and say, I receive 1 Peter 2.24. By your stripes, I'm healed. I receive it by faith. And I'll let patience have her perfect work. If there's something I need to go through to get to 
the, the, the full reception of this, walk me out, Lord. And I'm not saying go through bad something. But he'll take you on a path that will lead to other people. Amen? Think about James 5. He says, first thing he tells the sick person, what? You call upon the elders of the church. Why does he want you to call on an elder? Because an elder is somebody who's operating in the love of God, not they're older. (laughs) Right? They're mature in the word of God, therefore they operate in love. First principle of prayer, got to love. Right? Otherwise, you're just an interruption in their day. Oh, you want me to pray? Okay, come on. I'm into the office. Whew. I've already prayed for 75 of you today. I know I'm older, but I'm getting older praying. Now, an elder is excited when you come because first thing he saw is that you followed the Word of God. And he said, wait a second, God told them to do this or they wouldn't be doing it. It's not just that it's in my word, it's that they took that as my word. Because a lot of people read the word, and it's the word. But when it becomes his word, is when you got faith in it. And he says, they read it, and they made it my word, and now they believe it, and now this is their next step. And, and then he goes on and he says, he says, pray one for another. In other words, you don't even have to go to your elder. Pray one for another. What? You've got the same love in you that the elder that prayed for you prayed. Pray one for another. Confess your faults one to another. And he wouldn't tell that to anybody that doesn't have love in them. Because you don't want to confess your faults to somebody who don't love you. Right? Because the next, if they don't love you, judgment's coming. Right. Amen? You don't confess your faults to somebody that's going to judge you. You confess your faults to a brother that's going to love you. And generally speaking, you don't need to confess everything you did in your fault, just that you had a fault. Because guess what? It's not going to surprise any of us because we got faults too. Right? But then he says, confess your faults one to another. Pray for one another that you may be healed. He doesn't say, ask for yourself so you may be healed. He says, pray for one another that you may be healed. Why? Because where's the power? Power's in that love. The power is in that love. It's taking your faith and grabbing hold of that love, and, and in doing so, the very will of God comes to pass immediately in healing. Amen? He says over and over, pray for one another. Pray for someone else. If you go to the book of James in, what is it? Uh, not James. Someplace in the Bible. <laughs> well, no, it is the book of James. He says, he says if, if uh, you go to somebody who's in need, and they're hungry, and they're naked, and you say, be warm and filled, then he says, what did you do? You, you did nothing. You accomplished nothing. What? You have no work with your faith. You didn't put any feet to your faith. You didn't do anything. What? Because you didn't love. Right? You didn't love. And if you didn't love, then your faith means nothing anyway. I don't care how far that mountain moved. Without love, it's zero. Amen? And and that's what he's saying. He's saying, "This, this shows that you have my compassion in you. And by the way, if you look at those verses, they're not church verses, they're individual verses. He says, if you see a brother 
He doesn't say, if the church is aware or made aware by you of a person in need, then it's the church's obligation. He didn't show the church. He showed you, and you just missed it. And you say, well, I didn't have anything to give. Did you have a half sandwich? Huh? They were hungry. It didn't say, did this person come to you? It said, did you see them? You know? There's a difference in that. Did you see them? Why would you see them? Because God put, you, put them before your eyes. Amen? And, and so, there, you see people all day probably that are in need, but one will stand out to you. That's the one you're supposed to help. You say, well, I did. I called the church. No. See, you did the same thing that the guy that said would be warm and filled did. Right. You sent him to the next stop. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> That's not popular, is it? Well, you're supposed to go to the church. No, you're not. We're supposed to help one another. <laughs> okay, we won't go there anymore. Read it for yourself. Glory to God. This is the confidence that we have in Him. If we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And we know if He hears us. What what do we do? We ask according to His will. So why did He hear us? Because we asked properly. Right? Not, Not legalistically. We ask out of a heart that truly desired to see His answer. His will. Not our will. We, we, we prayed according to His will. We want His answer. I don't want my answer. I'm not going to go my way. I'm not looking for my answer. And we know if we're looking for His answer, He hears us. Why? Because you're looking for His answer. If you're not looking for His answer, why should He hear you? You already have your answer. It's in you. Right? People say, I just don't think He heard my prayer. I've asked Him for this five times. He said, yeah, but He had an answer and you already gave Him one. It's like when somebody says, you know what? We're leaving the church tomorrow. We've, we've loaded up and we're, we're already moving, but uh, do you think that's okay? Well, you're <laughs> a little late. <laughs> yeah. It's like people say, well, God, I'm going to become a preacher. You know, it sounds good, but if he, wasn't one, if he didn't want you to become a preacher, then you ain't going to be a very good one. Right? I said, God, I want to be a carpet guy. And he said, nah. He said, I want you to go help here. <laughs> His will, not mine, be done. Amen? If we know that He hears us, whatsoever we ask, ask how, ask the way He said, with the right heart, we'll have the petitions desired of Him. Why? Because now you're asking for what He wants to get to the, to the end of what needed to happen. You're, you're getting a godly answer, and you're, and you're choosing to follow His way in doing it. And in doing so, you'll get His answer. Oh, but look at that. It doesn't stop. Verse 16. It all, it's always good when we read those verses and we say, oh, we can have whatever, God, whatever we want if we ask God. And he says, oh, by the way, if any man sees his brother in sin, which is not a sin unto death, I want him to pray. What's he been talking about this whole time? Asking God. And every time he talks about asking him, he gives an example of helping somebody else. He never gives an example of you asking for something for you. He says, I want you to ask and I want you to ask according to my will. And by the way, this is a good example of asking right here. If you see a brother that's in sin, and it's not the sin unto death, in other words, he's, he doesn't already, he's not chosen to walk in this sin outside of what God told him, then I want you to pray for him, and I'll forgive him. Glory to God. I want you to pray for him, 
and I'll give him life. What's he saying? In other words, I won't let that, I won't hold that against him or I won't let the devil hold that against him. But, but the more important thing to see is he's saying, at the, this all started with asking God. And, and it came down to, and we want to look at it and we say, well, yeah, I'm going to ask God for this and I need a new car. Man, if I just had some more money and whoo, big house. Huh? I already got the hot wife, so I'm good. Huh? And, 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 what he, and then, then he goes, oh, by the way, here's a good example of asking. So, oh, wow, I was going to ask for something for me. He said, that is for you because if you'll operate in that, I can do anything in your life. Because if we operate in the love of God, we are unlimited in what he can do for us. You have opened the windows of heaven so wide that, that everything he has will pour out on you because you're now operating in something that is unfailing. And you're operating in it towards others. And, and that is the heart of God. That, that's the very thing he did. He said, I love you so much that I'm going to give. And I'm going to give my only begotten son because I love you so much that so whosoever can believe and receive, whoever believe in him, shall not perish. And that's what he's saying. He's saying, I want you to operate in the same way I did. When you ask, think of someone else. Think, think of somebody else. I mean, look at John. We'll close with this maybe. John, uh, 1 John, again, 3. Love is the ultimate. It's what we're designed to do. It's why he put it in your heart. He said, I've shed abroad my love into your heart through the Holy Spirit. In other words, when you were reborn, I gave you an ability that other people on the earth do not have. Love. I gave you the ultimate ability. I gave you the ability to forgive. I gave you the ability to to change every situation that you can come upon. I, I gave you the ability to pray where other people can't pray, to ask where other people can't ask. I've given you an ability that it's love ability. That's what it is, love ability. He's given us love ability. Because without him, we're selfish. We get up thinking about us. We go to work thinking about us and how much longer we got to be there so we can get home and watch our TV and eat our sandwich in, front, in, in our chair and do our stuff because we don't want to be bothered by other people's problems. And God says, I want you to be bothered all the time by other people's problems. You know why? Because I've given you the ability to help them. Amen? Glory to God. Did I say we'd stop here? We will. 1 John 3, starting verse 16. It says, And hereby perceive we the love of God. And you know what you, get, what you forget sometimes in these verses is they're about asking God for things. They're about prayer and asking God for things. All these verses. Because they don't start in just the one verse. Remember, it's not written in chapter and verse. So you, so you, gotta, you, you need to put them in their context to see so many times what you need to be seeing out of them. Um, because we want to see the heart of God in the verse. He said, hereby, we perceive, hereby perceive we the love of God. Because he laid down his life for us, we ought to lay down our life for our brethren. Amen? Remember, these aren't church verses again. This isn't saying the church ought to lay down its life for the brethren. 
It's not minister verses. They're people verses. This, this, every person in here, God has individually put His love in you to do great things. Individually. There's not one person in here that's not called to do something magnificent. That's not called to do something to change the, light, the world around them. They say, well, I can't, you know, I'll never go here, I'll never go there. You'll go in your office tomorrow. And you know what? There's people hurting there. Why? Because there's people hurting everywhere. You don't have to step very far out the door to find a hurting person. Amen? And, and the thing about it is, is 90% of them have known God or know Him now. Because people say, well, He wasn't my brother. Wasn't He? Do you know that for sure? Besides that, if that's what you're saying, are you just using an excuse not to help Him? He's not my brother. <laughs> you, know, you wonder how I know all this, don't you? Well, it's not because I've been that way anymore, as far as you know. <laughs> hereby, we perceive we, hereby perceive we the love of God because He laid down His life for us. We ought to lay down our life for our brethren. But whoso hath the world's good... Who, who's whoso? Is that the, does it say, but if the church has the world's goods? Guys, I'm not trying to get the church out of helping people. We help people all the time, and we'll help people as the Lord leads whenever, we do, whenever the Lord leads. But remember, the Lord's wise, and He doesn't always tell you to throw money at something. Right? But these are not church verses. These are individual verses. And every day of your life, if you believe God and ask Him for somebody into your path, Somebody will show up in your path for you, that you can help. Say, so I don't have anything. You've got something. If nothing else, you've got the Word of God in you. More often than not, they're not going to hear that, though. They need your half a sandwich first. But I only had one sandwich, and he only needed half. Right? Trust me, that's not easy for me. Right? You just asked for half my sandwich. But you know what? Through the love of God, we don't care. Why? Because all we were interested in is getting them to the next place. Amen? Whoso, see, whoso hath this world's good and sees his brother have need and shuts up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwells the love of God in him? In other words, how can I help you when you're not walking in me? Right? Because if you saw that person, God put them in your eyesight. Because you'll pass a thousand people. Think about this. Jesus passed the, the man at the gate called Beautiful probably a lot of times before Peter and John went to pray that day and, and he got healed, huh? wonder why Jesus didn't heal him. That Jesus, he was selfish. Didn't, didn't stop and heal that guy. I don't think so. Right? You think there's probably people that Jesus passed by that had a need, but he didn't necessarily meet that need? You think he gave to every poor person he saw? Don't know, but probably not. Well, let me rephrase that. Everyone he saw, he did. Everyone that was put in his eyesight, he did. Yeah. And that's what it's saying. It's saying if, if, if there's a brother that you see 
and you see the need and you choose to do nothing, then you've overridden the love of God to operate in the flesh. And so how can the love of God dwell in you? In other words, how can it abide with, within your selfishness? And what he's saying is walk in love and he'll show you what to do for that person. It may not be give them money. Everybody immediately looks at it and says, uh, yeah, I'm going to have to give them all my money. No. He may tell you to take them and get something to eat. And he may tell you to, to, to love them, but he won't, tell you to be, he won't sell you to tell them to be warm and filled and walk away. He'll give you something to do for them that will cause a change in their life. Whether it's the change that gets them out of the the situation or the change that gets them the next step to getting out of their situation, you don't need to know. You just need to know that you operated in everything God told you to do. Why? Because that's where the compassion was. And, And if you had to override the compassion of God to not do something, then that's not good. (laughs) <laughs> not, not that we would ever do that, right? And then he goes back to this my little children thing. Why? Because he just put, get, puts you right in a really deep verse before this. And he says, my little children. In other words, you're not very old. I want you to understand this. You've got a lot to learn. But he said, the first thing I want you to learn, don't just love in word. Don't just tell somebody you love them. I want you to show them you love them, and I want you to show them through the tr- my truth that's in you. Amen? Amen. And, and, and when you do that, then you operate at a level where I can begin to do things through you. You can begin to ask things of me, and I'll give them to you. Why? Because I know what you're going to do with them. Because you had my vision before you got it. In other words, you asked for $1,000 because you saw something over here you wanted to do for the gospel's sake. And I already knew I wanted you to do that before you wanted to do it. I put it in your heart to do. Right. Glory to God. And, and, and when we begin to operate that way, he says, my little children, I want you to love. I want you to love indeed in, 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 in works and in truth. I want you to love. I want you to act on the love you have in you. I want you to act like you love people. I want you to act with the love that you already have. See, I don't like people to act like they love me, right? If somebody acts like they love you, you'll never get a good prayer out of that, right? He says, and then he says, hereby we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. If our hearts condemn us, God's greater than our hearts and knows all things. Beloved, if our hearts condemn us not, we have confidence towards God. What's he saying? If you're operating in that love, your heart won't condemn you, and you'll have confidence that to go before the very throne of God and ask him for anything. Why? Because you're operating in him. You're never going to ask for something that he wouldn't want you to have because he desired it. He put the desire in your heart to have it in the first place. Amen? And once he puts his, once you get his desires in your heart, you no longer have a, a heart that will condemn you. You have a heart that's full of God's love, and you're getting ready to ask him for something that he wanted you to do in the first place. And he's saying, and whatsoever we ask, we receive, we accept of him, we obtain of him, because we keep his commandments. What's his commandments? To love him and to love, love your brothers. What's it say? If you go up to the very first of the... Uh, I think this chapter, it says, it says his commandments aren't burdensome. They're not. Why? Because what he's saying, I want you to love me, and I want you to love others. That's my command. And if you do that, then you can ask, 
whatsoever you ask, you'll, you'll receive because you keep his commandments and you do the things that are pleasing in his sight. You could turn that verse upside down and it might make more sense to you. You could say, because I do his commandments and because I keep his commandments and I do the things that are pleasing in his sight, I ask what I ask of him and I receive. Why? Because I did the end part first. Amen? What, what did I do? I loved him and I loved others. And because I loved him and I loved others, that made him happy. And because he was happy, he said, this, this person will do what I ask. And anything they ask me, they can have. Why? Because they're going to ask me for something for somebody else. What did this whole verse start with? If you see a brother in need. Right? This whole verse, and this is the culmination of whosoever sees a brother in need and doesn't do something, then they can't ask whatsoever they want and receive. But because we we keep His will, because we do those things He asks us to do and, and we're pleasing in His sight, we can ask whatsoever and we'll have those things that we ask of Him. Glory to God. Asking and receiving is our part. That's our part. That's what we're to do. We're to ask. He's, he's told us over and over again in the Word to ask. And right after that, he says, and then receive. If, the, if there wasn't a, an action to receiving, he wouldn't tell you to do it. If he just said, ask and stand back. Right? Isn't that what he did? He said, ask and stand back and watch me go. No, he says, you ask, I'll give, you'll receive, and you'll do great things because you love me and you love people and I can work with that. Yeah. Glory to God. That, that's, that is the most gratifying prayer, the most gratifying prayer life you'll ever have. I have spent hours and hours praying for my own needs and my own problems and my own family and my own, I need a new car and I need blah, blah, blah. Don't you figure God says, can you be quiet for a second? And then says, now will you actually pray? Because that's not prayer. That was meism. But as we get His heart, as we begin to do the things He says, when, when we begin to see the people in our lives that He wants us to see and act in love towards those people, then we begin to ask for things, and you'll begin to ask for things that have to do with His will. What, what's next? His will. If you ask God what's His will, He'd say, what's your, my, my will for you today is to walk out the door. Yeah. Then He'd say, now, now keep walking. Do you, do you have a job? Well, go to work. If you don't have a job, get one. Right? He that doesn't work what? Doesn't get half my sandwich. <laughs> yeah, maybe once. God's merciful. Walk out your door. Go to work. What, what am I doing? You're following my lead. Keep your eyes open. Eyes of your heart. Keep, keep, your, keep that love up in your heart. Keep, keep the things of God in mind so that whatever you're doing next is of me. Keep looking for what I've got for you today because i got something great for you to be a part of. Amen? God's so good to us. He's got such a good plan. And, and, and our prayer life can be so much more than a time spent whining or begging or demanding. Or, and, and if you're demanding, you're pretty selfish anyway because you're only looking for something. What are you demanding? You, I demand you give them something. 
No, nobody ever has walked into one of my stores and said, I demand that you help others. When they begin demanding, they only want something for them. But when you begin to ask with your heart, turn totally towards God, and your life turn totally, totally over to God, then you begin to ask what He wanted to ask for in the first place, and you begin to get what He already had. And you begin to do what He had for you to do. Glory to God. I don't know where to end, so we're going to end right there. Stand up, stand on your feet. Lord's helping us. You know, I, I want to pray prayers that make a difference in people's lives. I don't want to pray prayers that that possibly could help if and the roll the dice and hope that's God's will, and if it doesn't happen, blame God. Right? Isn't that what people have done? All this, it, well, I prayed and it didn't happen. Must not be His will. Must not be something He wanted. Must not. Must, I must have done something wrong. You know, I get, we, you, how many have done this? Lord, I, I've asked you to heal me, and I'm still not healed. What, what else do I need to do? And, and in, his ver, in his word, he says, um, if you need to be healed, you can ask. Right? He doesn't say that there's a list of, there's not a laundry, laundry list of things you do to be healed. You ask and receive. What are you receiving? A finished work. Amen? And, and so those things are the devil trying to confuse us in, so that we don't get what we've asked for. When we know that we've asked for something He wants us to have anyway. Amen? We want to ask and receive. There's, things, there's, people, in, there's people in here tonight that, that God put somebody in your life today that, that you saw, and, and as I've spoken tonight, you've seen them again. And, and, and when you leave here, it, the fact is we'll pray now. Go ahead and pray. Just pray this with me. Father God, thank You for filling me with Your Holy Spirit, for helping me to see the truth of Your Word. I know that I have the ability to know Your will, to pray Your will. I have the ability through the Holy Spirit to pray the very will of God. And Lord, I know that You've put people and situations before me today and this past week. And I pray that if I miss that opportunity, give me mercy and help me to go back. Help me to be a part of what You were doing in that situation, in that life. And Lord, I ask that You'll help me to see what You want me to see and how You want me to see it. That I won't look with fleshly eyes, but I'll look on things with Your love and Your compassion. And I'll act according to Your love on what I've asked. And Lord, I believe that I receive Your wisdom to follow Your path, to to follow Your lead, to walk down each and every road that that You have me to go and to see and be involved in every situation. 
However I can make a change through You, show me how, and by Your grace, I purpose to do it. And Lord, I thank You because I love You and because I love my brothers. I can ask whatsoever I will and You'll do it for me. And I promise by grace that I'll take what You give. I'll receive it. And I'll use it to help people and to glorify You. And I thank You for this, Jesus. In Jesus' name. Amen. You got a song? I'll say yeah.